I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Eels vs Storm. Uh, this really, really interesting because I don't know where to put it because Hughes wasn't playing. Hughes wasn't playing. It's such a key, crucial thing. But I will say, if you're just focusing on the forward pack, which Hughes, you know, okay, yeah, Hughes does play a big role in the fact that when they get quick play, the balls, he's, you know, very high energy. But I just thought the forward pack of the Eels was outstanding. And my concern with the Storm, you know, when I, when I wrote the Storm off, copped a bit of shit this year, if I'm, you know, when I said I said they were back after they towed us up the Broncos, I'm starting to get a bit nervous with saying they're back after watching that on the weekend. I just worry. Again, at the start of the year, I said their forward pack. I was a bit concerned about. After watching them against a premier forward pack, I'm a little bit concerned. Right now, I would probably have them fourth or fifth to win a premiership. I would have Penrith one, Roosters two. Eels three, I know people hate that. Um, you know, then maybe Storm, so maybe fourth. Uh, in saying that, uh, the Storm did incredibly well to still be in the game. 22-14, in my opinion, doesn't represent what the game was like. The Eels absolutely dominated. So I don't know whether to say the Storm were incredible by hanging in there or to say I'm concerned that the Eels didn't put them away more. So I don't know where I stand with that. I'd probably lean more towards Eels just took the foot off the pedal at the end of the game. Like literally just went, you know, we won the game. It's whatever. Um, Guru, what do you think about this Yeah, game? I'm pretty similar to you, mate. I thought 8-0 at halftime to Parramatta. I think that flooded Melbourne. Massively. And then I thought 22-14 to 14 massively flooded Melbourne mm-hmm. for the back end of the game. I thought Parramatta were the better side by a long way. Um, I thought that when they came out in the second half – you know, obviously the first five minutes, second half is, is so crucial in every single game. And Paramount, uh, the Melbourne Storm, they started well. They got a good set. They kicked deep. And then Gutho had a really good kick return, got a penalty, put uh, Pensini over in, in the next set. And, you know, they, they scored after three minutes coming out at halftime. Mm. And then I, I felt like 
they uh, they took the pedal off mm. the, the foot off the pedal. Obviously, Melbourne scored fourteen points in the last what fifteen minutes. Mm. Uh, I thought Parramatta were by far and away the better side. I thought Dylan Brown was incredible. His game was so strong, and I was really impressed with Parramatta. There was a couple of times there, and I think it's a really good example of good sides when they looked like they were shot on their edges, and then all of a sudden just numbers appeared from nowhere. Mm. There was a couple of – there was Justin O'Lamb once. He, he came off a scrum that they – it looked like he was going to score for all money. Uh, Xavier Coates had, had another one where he sort of looked like he was on the outside of uh, Mike Acibo and they just made it work, forced him over the sideline. I thought Parramatta were the better side by a fair whack here. Mm. Timmy, thoughts? Yeah, really dominant from Parra. And what sort of stood out to me, I don't want to get overly hyped about – them in the last three weeks because the opposition's been questionable. But, I mean, Melbourne and Melbourne, even missing a couple of players, but um, conceded 26 points in the last three weeks. And I, I'm nearly willing to write off the 14 that they conceded late in this one because, as you said, they just took the foot off the gas. They sort of had it won and they were looking ahead to next week already. Mm. So uh, we know they've got points in and they're a very good attacking side, but their defence has been questionable at stage. But the last three weeks, 26 points conceded. Uh, that's what they need to get right and they have at the right time of year mm. uh, and it's funny how sometimes it takes a big play to really make you appreciate <coughs> an improvement in a player mm. and for me this week it was Mitchie Moses putting the shot yeah. on Bromwich what a shot when he just whacked him and then that sort of clicked into my head I was like not just because of that but how much has Mitchie Moses' defence improved the last sort of 18 Massively. months? Massively. Like, he was a bit of a pushover for in recent years. It was, but part of his, it was like a key negative part yeah. of his game was his defence. It's so solid. Mm. He's, um, Gutho, uh, Mitchie Moses, like, I think he's silenced a lot of doubters. Now, they're not fully silenced. I think premiership or grand final is probably the only thing that's going to get him to do that. Or maybe a premiership. But I tell you what, the noise around uh, Moses is way quieter than it used to be. Because he had a lot of negative, like, I don't know why, but just, but his consistency for the last two, I think two seasons has been, he's been one of their best for the last two years. Yeah, I definitely think people are respecting Moses more now because he's gone from being a highlights halfback mm. to a grindy sort of seven. Uh, his game has just transformed over the last years. And I think, I don't think he's got as much attention as what he should have mm. for how he's, his game's just become so much more well-rounded. Yeah. Like, he was the sort of guy a couple of years ago that when he left the Tigers, he went to Parramatta. Like, he was the sort of guy that I thought, he's got so much ability and he could he could be a great seven or he could be in Super League in three or four years. Yeah. The way that people turn on him so quickly. You know what he reminded me of is, like, he'd be the kind of guy, like, as in, he had the potential of this, the kind of guy that you'd watch his highlights in 10 years and go, where did he go? Like, what happened <laughs> to Mitchie Mo? Look how good these highlights are. And, mate, totally agree. And it's like, Back then, everything was Mitch Moses' fault. Mm. Now, I think he's got so much to do with their success, but people don't point it at him, mm. which, which I, I think is incredibly unfair on Mitch. I'm a huge fan of him. And look, I, as I've said to you two all year, I don't think Parramatta can win it, but for Moses and Dill Brown, fuck, I hope they can. Mm. I'd love to see it because these guys deserve it. All the stuff that Mitch Moses has been through <coughs> throughout his career, I, I, just, I love the way he goes about his foot. He even playing Origin last – was it last year or the year before? When he played last year, like, man, the amount of shit he copped out of that because they lost, I thought he was great. <laughs> Mate, he was like the reason they got back into the game. Yeah, Origin. Oh, I can't believe the amount of shit that he got for that game. If that if that was Adam Reynolds that came in and, and they lost that game in that fashion, he, he doesn't get it that much stick. No, no, he's a he's a easy target, Moses, and I I don't know why. Mate, maybe it was because of his inconsistency at the start of his career, but I, you just can't say that anymore. Like, if you watch the Eels play. 
Mitchell Moses, week in, week out, is in their top three players. Yep. Week in, week out. Anything you saw from this game else you saw, Timmy? Uh, the other one just with, was with Melbourne, and it, it annoyed me a little bit. And I touched on it earlier in the show, but just Brandon Smith coming off the bench. And, and Guru mentioned how important he is to their go for. We've said it for a couple of weeks now, how a lot of their form turning around the past month had been coinciding with Smith back from suspension, starting and playing decent minutes. I just don't know why, out of nowhere, he decided bellyache, and I feel like a dickhead questioning Craig Bellamy, because he's a genius, but <laughs> yep. got to find something to talk about. Um, I just don't know why he decided to play him off the bench in this one. He, he played 47 minutes, which is okay, but I think he's so important to that go forward and some speed around the ruck and that bit more mobility around the, muck, around the ruck in a quite a, a big fall pack they've got. 47 minutes I think you can get 60 out of him and I think you can start the game because they started the game on the back foot early and, and they couldn't recover oh, I mentioned it earlier as well in the first three minutes you could see Junior Baller and Regan Campbell they were going forward I mm. honestly I think I would have wasted an interchange to go fuck got this wrong mm. got to get branded on there now yeah. it was just that they just dominated the ruck they yeah. seriously and I was surprised that Storm's line speed just didn't look like it was there they weren't meeting them on the advantage line and winning that contact like when you when we get to the Roosters Rabbitohs game, like the first half of the Roosters, they were meeting them every every play. It reminded me of Penrith in the grand final, to be honest. They weren't getting to the advantage line, Roosters, uh, the Rabbitohs, and I was surprised that the Storm didn't have a similar. And that's where I wonder: are they a little bit? You know, their forward pack is older. It's it is older now. They they deserve all the respect in the world for that forward pack for what it's achieved, but it just doesn't seem to have that same energy that some of the youth do now. You know, to be fair, there's so many forward packs that you wish that they had the old gritty toughness that the Storm does. And so there's a balance that you have to find. I just saw it on the weekend that that energy just didn't seem to be there that you usually see with the Storm, where you just can't seem to get out of your own end. Um, and maybe that's more because the Eels were just so bloody good through the middle. Um, uh, outside, again, a little bit disappointing in the end with the Eels. Like there was a really bad play or a stupid play from uh, Marnie. And I literally wrote, uh, I literally wrote, um, you know, missed opportunities like that can cost you the game. And then there's a really poor pass from Brown. Again, it kept storming the game. And then before you know it, the score's 22-14. Little tiny things like that. That's where you need to just be ruthless and close the game out. Imagine if, imagine if Munster, who obviously mean he went down, I think it was an ankle issue after that final try. Munster took the goal, rushed it, missed it. Man, if he nailed it, 22-16, they've oh got a full set up. Oh, my God. They missed a sitter, the one before, too. Yeah. Nick Meany. Yeah. I thought there was a ball that Gutho threw where he scooted out a dummy half to Sebo. Mm. Oh. And and I know we don't, we don't do it enough, but credit to the referees for making a good call on that one. Mm. My first instinct was that had to be forward. Mm. That yep. was a f- reverse floater that went 20 <coughs> the minutes. The Gutho one? Yeah, the Gutho oh, one. Oh, what like, a fucking ball. Jeez. Great ball. But I, I think it would have been a classic one to just go, oh, it didn't look exactly right yeah. to call it forward. So mm. well, oh, I thought it was forward life. Mm. So well, well done to the referees on that one. But I thought Gutho, some of the things he came up with, like there was that try. I think you just had it in your notes. I, I just lost it. But there was one that was going over the dead ball line that he left. Yeah, great leave. Yeah. Jeez, it was a good play. Mm. Um, a man of the refs. Yeah. Not just a man Always. of the people, looking out for the refs. Um, okay, now on to the storm quickly. Uh, uh, Seve Coates Edge, I think it's a bit of a concern heading into finals. Mm. The, the Eels just peppered them and it didn't, it didn't seem to look like they – again, Coates has been in at a first grade. Seve, a bit of a rookie. We know that it, it's usually – did Coates swap edges? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah he swapped when he edges. he came back from injury. Yeah, because it's usually Remus Smith and Jennings, wasn't it? Yeah, they're obviously both injured. And they're both injured. And I just think and, – and, and Smith and Jennings, their defence just didn't get the respect it deserved last year. Um, and I'm just a bit concerned heading into the finals that could be a real point of, you know, a yeah. place where they can attack. We've said all year, I just think the reliability of Remus Smith – you realise how good reliability is mm. when it's not there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they brought Sebo back. I don't know what you two thought, but I sort of would have kept with a young Totemapaya there. I thought he'd done a reasonably good job. Mm. I, I always feel like Sebo is a guy that you can sort of get runner. off. Great Fuck. ball runner, yeah. But just um, defensively sometimes. Defensively there's issues there, and, and, that, and that's where you're going to lose games mm. come finals time. Yeah. Uh, that's also where, you know, we spoke about it last week, and, like, depth is so important, like – I, I'm almost tempted to just stick a Tommy Eisenhuth in there if he was fit, mm. just to get their defence sorted. Sorted. Um, but, yeah, mm. there was a moment there, and you know, I, I, I know that they, they, they lost the game and everything, but there's a moment there where Munster, he had Isaiah Papali tackling him, and he was running backwards, holding iPad <laughs> with his back completely exposed to the defence while I wait for someone to whack him, and he was giggling and laughing. <laughs> He's just a different a breed, man. isn't he? He's a madman. Absolute madness. Someone could have put him in hospital there if they wanted to. Mm. And he was just so confident that he'd be sweet. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Mm. Um, you know, outside of that, I just I just felt the Eels were too dominant. I really do. I think they came out with a purpose. I mean, 50 minutes into the game, the Eels were at 90% completion. And Eels wow. forward pack at 90% completion is going to be tough to beat. So it's a mixture of, okay, the Storm were missing Hughes for sure. Pappenhausen, obviously a huge out. I mean, look... I think if anyone doubted the, the value of Pappenhausen to this side, it's it's fully fully squashed. Um, but yeah, Eels just came out and played him off the park. There's also a play in this one where Mitch Moses threw an absolute pill to Pensini and he was through and he dropped the ball in the line. Mm. Just like yep. I reckon if he would have yeah. scored that, it could have got ugly. Yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. And that's that's the little things where I go, oh, eels like those are the things you need to nail to be a premiership winning team. You could see on that moment the Melbourne the Storm players looked at each other and just sort of went, thank God, thank fuck. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so look, Eels were fantastic. But as we say every week, you just can't – whether they lose by a lot, win by a lot, you can't take anything out of it. Yep. All that matters is this final series for them. We knew they would make it. Now it's a matter of can they put it. With the Storm, you just can't count them out. Any team that runs out in that purple jersey with the Storm logo on it, they cannot be counted out. Um, do they look – anywhere near as good as they looked heading into the finals last year, even though they got bounced out. No, I don't think they do. Do they look probably the weakest they've looked in a substantial amount of time? If I'm being honest, yeah, probably. But again, they are the Melbourne Storm. And I might be here in two weeks going, I was wrong, mm. like I was two weeks ago. But on any given field, if Cameron Munster's the best player yeah. on it on that day, they win. <laughs> he's so good. Fuck, he's good. Even, you know, I know he made a couple errors in the kick or whatever, but he still was there in everything on the weekend and everything.